What's up, listener? Yeah, hey, how's it going? You uh, thirsty? Yeah, a little bit. Well, why don't you grab some high-quality H2O? Yeah, maybe from a glacier in Alaska. Mmm, that was going to be one of my trivia questions, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It'll make you kickflip off the ground. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, hey, listener, as you know from the title of this episode, today we're going to talk about uh, The Waterboy, which, um, 20 years old this year, came out in 98. Uh, Sean, do you know what year Big Daddy came out? Uh, 99. 99. Okay, because I was going to say, I think either The Waterboy or Big Daddy is kind of people's benchmark for the definitive career switch of Adam Sandler from good, iconic, uh, kind of time-appropriate comedian to spiraling down in some weird (laughs) something. (laughs) Something that critics and academics may study for decades. Yeah. But basically doing such things as The Ridiculous Six straight to Netflix. Yes, which a friend of mine knows some of the people uh, so a friend of mine used to work in um uh the film industry in New Mexico where that film was was shot and she said that a lot of people really hated working on that film and in particular there were a lot of Native American extras and in the film the Native Americans are given names like squatting dog and running pig and just these like very stereotypical crude Native American names. And so all the Native Americans one day walked off set. They were like, fuck this. Wow. And fuck you, Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't come back. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good it's pretty badass actually. It is. I hope that Adam Sandler didn't cause that, but I guess he probably did. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that, too. Um, Because he, like, produces and, like, I think writes some of his movies. I don't know (laughs) if he still writes as much, but he definitely produces through uh, Happy Happy Madison. Madison. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, so, anyway, The the Water Boy, I think, um, yeah, when it came out, people still liked it. And they're like, nice, still riding this train. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, kind of a interesting plot uh similar to both happy gilmore and billy madison in that we have an, a, a man child struggling uh-huh. his way through life basically with extreme anger issues <laughs> <laughs> wow you're right that, that that's the same in all those movies yeah and you could argue big daddy as well absolutely like, you could almost chart like the a subduing of the anger issues like they're there in Big Daddy with Sonny, but like they're more subdued. They come out like in this very hectic scene in McDonald's where yeah. the kid starts crying and he just starts screaming about needing a Happy Meal. But like <laughs> he's not having like quite as violent of outbursts as he did in The Waterboy and Happy Gilmore. Yeah, you're right. Happy Gilmore, he's punching people on live TV. Uh huh. Billy Madison, he's yelling at his 10 year old friend, You blew it. <laughs> Even though that kid did nothing wrong. Launching dodgeballs at 10-year-olds' faces. <laughs> yes. Uh, Waterboy is pretty yeah. obvious. Just like spearing people, Captain Insano style. Yeah, definitely. But after presumably many years of never having reacted or acted upon his emotions at all, which... I 31 think years. 31 years. Oh, I think that was another trivia question. Well done, Sean. You're two for two without even being asked. Let's see if you can get these other ones. <laughs> Uh, so having never acted on his emotions until prompted to by, um, by his good pal, Henry Winkler, coach, I always forget which coach. Coach Yost? <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> Not Coach Boone. Uh, no, Co- coach Klein. Coach Klein. And then the bad guy coach in this one is Coach Red Bowyu. Red Bowyu. How do you, God. how do you spell that? It's like Bayou. <laughs> yeah, but it's Bowyu. <laughs> Uh, we have talked about a lot of coaches on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we've talked about Coach Carter ever. No, we have not. He's a a titular coach. He is a titular coach. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, I bet when you taught high school, there were certain people there who everyone just referred to as coach. Yes. Is that accurate? That is accurate. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that archetype, the fact that that yeah. like exists in in real life. It is in the show that you're writing, is there a coach character? There is, yeah. <laughs> coach Mac. Coach Coach Mac. Yeah. <laughs> so you are so right. There was at the school where I taught, there was a coach. Everyone <laughs> loved him and like it's 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 fine. I think when you see like a 15-year-old kid refer to a, an adult as coach uh-huh. or even coach plus last name, it's right. odd when there's like a 50-year-old man who <laughs> refers to like a 45-year-old man as coach. <laughs> that happened regularly every single day at the yeah. place where I taught. Oh, it was... <laughs> Sometimes it was, two coaches would pass each other and each would just say the word coach and yeah. keep moving. <laughs> oh, there, there's such a... You're right. Coach is such like an archetypal person because yeah i mean i think when i hear coach i i think of a number of things like at least a combination of possible like attributes this person has and right. one of them is extreme anger issues because <laughs> if you like this coach i'm thinking of in particular i taught in all boys high school he was a, a ah, fuck it i'll just say it he was the varsity basketball coach and that's a serious coach that's a, that is a serious coach uh, and this was in Ohio. And so Ohio and Indiana and Kentucky are huge basketball states. Mm. <laughs> and what I realized about this man's job Hackman. is that... <laughs> Hackman. <laughs> 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 what I realized about this man's job is that, God, 50% of, the, 50% of his like, job was screaming at 17-year-olds. <laughs> I'm like, God, you are you are literally screaming at a 17-year-old because he missed a pass. <laughs> but like as long as the team wins, it's completely socially acceptable and actually beyond that like adulated. Yeah, it's like nice. Good job. Like you're Man, that guy's a he's a great coach. Yeah, like he has a well-developed <laughs> style. Yeah, brings the best out of these kids. When in reality, they're all pissing their pants every time he comes close because he's going to have a sociopathic outburst. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. It made me. It it made me just never want to be a like a coach because like I yeah can't. I don't think I would find any. I find enjoyment out of people achieving their best. I don't find enjoyment <laughs> at yelling at pubescent children. Right. Right. It's not high on my agenda of things to do in life. No. The coaches at the school that I taught at, they would actually go to a, a bar down the street and the bar was called Coaches. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a combination of the of the sitcoms Coach and Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Did and did the, did Coach come from Cheers or that it came from a different show? I don't know, from, but I always associated them together. Yeah. There was oh. some there was a character in Cheers called Coach. Okay, and then I think he got his like spin-off show. Or really? Something. That's how it happened? I'm pretty sure Coach was a spin-off show. It it seemed like one. They feel like the same thing and I know that like yeah. my parents love both of them. That's that, I that, I associate them so much together because of that. Yeah, yeah. Like just my dad watching <laughs> Coach and Cheers. Yeah, is that like baby boomers? I think so, yeah. Those the, are like baby boomers kind of show. Yeah, definitely. Which is amazing because I've never watched a full episode of either. I hadn't until recently. I just recently watched the pilot of Cheers and it was very good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And it's on Netflix now. Okay. So. Got to check it out. I know. I might actually go through the whole season I'm I, or the whole series. I'm really interested now to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's one coach in uh, H2O Boy, as you call it, that never gets called coach. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> you want to get? We can give the listener a couple seconds to think about who's the coach who's never called coach. <laughs> There's one coach in the Water Boy that is never called coach. Who is it? That is the trivia for our listener. And the answer is Farmer Fran. <laughs> <laughs> who is Farmer Fran? Such a wonderful character. I think. Me tug dog, yeah. <laughs> Farmer Fran is an absolute delight every single time he's in this movie. Yeah, he he's like the epitome of a of a country bumpkin Cajun man who speaks with such a thick Cajun accent that like th- there are phrases he says that you can you can understand what he's trying to say. Really? And then, yeah, I, there are a few that maybe it's because I've looked him up or something. Um, okay. And there are some I don't know at all. Like 
his longer ones, I don't know. But do you remember the game when they lose? Because I almost said because Billy. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bobby um, gives Throws, the ball yeah, yeah, to that guy. Gives the ball to that guy and then like leaps into the air and kicks him in the chest, Liu Kang style. Yeah. <laughs> Kano. Uh, I'm excited for the sound bites on this one. Uh, so um, he he's like, well, you remember that? Is is that is that when he's talking to uh, Vicky Valancourt after the game? Yeah. Yes, he just kind of comes up to him very seriously. He's like, "I live a pie a nante." Yeah, I live a pie a nante. Yeah. Do you know what he's saying there? <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure he's saying we live to play another day. We live a pie another day. <laughs> really? I think I think he is. I think I've looked that one up. We live up by another. Okay. I'm yeah, he's positive. like really serious when he says it uh-huh. and like repeats it even. Yeah. <laughs> but then he says something to Vicky Valancourt and I have no idea what he says. He's just like, "Boy, I all." Or like when the water boy first unleashes his tackle and it goes like Coach Klein who says like, "Wow." And then uh Bobby Boucher's friend who says, "Damn." Mm-hmm. And then from a France, like Ecclesiocha. Yeah, yeah. I always, <laughs> I always uh, translate that one as Ischidiliodo or something like that. <laughs> the only thing that I was able to understand Coach Klein saying this time. Or you mean Farmer Fran? <laughs> yeah, Farmer mm. Fran was Coach Klein. The first time he comes into the picture, he's like running over to Coach Klein. He's just like, Colin, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. Like, oh, wow. He actually is saying something like trying to say something real. Yeah. So Farmer Fran wears a straw hat and wears <laughs> denim overalls with one of the straps unbuttoned. <laughs> and as the movie progresses, he's wearing nothing underneath that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until both straps are undone and his whole torso and chest is exposed. And, he's... and in the slow motion throw at the end, he's pinching his own nipples. <laughs> leaning back with his straw hat on and this look of bliss on his face yeah is his are his eyes shut in that scene i think his eyes might even be shut like 90 percent shut just like like, the sun is gleaming on him (laughs) kind of reminds me of that scene at the end of uh billy Billy madison Madison, yeah when chris farley is dancing through the field with the penguin yes and he leans leans back supported by i don't know what (laughs) <laughs> and he just has this look of amazement on his face as he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not like he's he's like not even touching the penguin at that point. He's just basking in like the fact that they are now lovers. <laughs> yeah, I now that you mentioned that, like I I felt the exact same way, like that or that scene reminded me of that so much. I wonder if yeah. in his initial thoughts, Farmer Fran was supposed to be played by Chris Farley. Uh, oh, okay. I feel like he could this- have. This probably came out like right. I think like when right, Farley died. Yeah, because I think Farley died in '97. So like this would have definitely been like mm. at least thought, you know, like partially written. Yeah, I could see Farley playing that role. Would yeah, be great. Hmm. hmm. This kind of makes me think of a tr- an interesting trivia question for you. Oh, good. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how you answer this because the last time we did a. Uh, adam sandler episode it was about the side characters yeah and like how adam how adam sandler has all these like distinctive side characters that follow these i don't know their own weird little story arcs <laughs> over the course of being in a movie for like 30 <laughs> seconds such as the o'doyles uh-huh that's a great story arc <laughs> yeah yeah um so as I was watching this, I realized that the water boy has like less of these side characters than either Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. Like it does feel like it's shifting more toward that like next wave of Adam Sandler's career, you know, when it becomes a little less funny, but it's still <clears throat> close enough to Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. So as I was watching this, I felt that there was one character, one side character who was in my mind, objectively, the most like classic Adam Sandler side character uh. of this entire movie, and you know it's, it could be completely subjective, but as I was watching, it just struck me like, wow, this guy is very much the Adam Sandler side character of this movie. So my, <laughs> my trivia question is, which character is that? And if you guess 
what I'm thinking, then I think we can declare it as absolute. <laughs> okay, so let me just quickly go through, just like re-go through the movie, try and remember all the characters. Um, like my my initial thought is Rob Schneider. There's there's a lot to be said about Rob Schneider. That's but it's that not, is not who I'm thinking ah, of. I, I think okay. Rob Schneider would probably be in second place. Okay, the reason why I, I oh I got it yeah I got it <laughs> sorry <laughs> I I I wanted to talk about this person. Let me just real quick say about Rob Schneider. Like I feel like I feel like we're gonna have to talk about him <laughs> in a little bit, partly because that same character popped up in at least one more, maybe two more Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, is, is he in Mr. Deeds or something? Or Little Nicky, maybe? I don't remember. Mr. Deeds has um, the delivery guy, also played by Rob Schneider, who's pretty similar. Oh, the uh, delivery guy was Big Daddy. Oh, shit, you're right. Maybe he is in Mr. Deeds. Anyway, whatever. He definitely pops in again. Yeah. Um, but I think the answer... <laughs> Wow, you're so right. Um, Colonel Sanders. Yes, I use <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Could you, could you explain, like, how that suddenly struck you? Like, what elements of him in this movie make him such that classic Adam <laughs> Sandler side character? Yeah, I think um, one, one aspect would be his just very distinctive look. Wow. Um, <laughs> Like he he really pops out and has virtually no screen time, but but has a something about an, a classic Adam Sandler side character is that the two the Adam Sandler character and the side character often begin the relationship as antagonists. And <laughs> <laughs> like who are you thinking of? Like Mr. Like, uh, Henderson was that his name? Uh, the from Happy Gilmore, the which, boss. Oh, Mr. Larson. Mr. Larson. Yeah. So you're right. <laughs> they start as antagonists, and then somewhere along the way, despite being hurt by the Adam Sandler character, they become a supporter, as we see at the end with uh, Colonel Sanders running in jubila- jubilation, <laughs> only to be trampled. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, another very Billy, uh, very Adam Sandler element about this side character is that in general, Adam Sandler uses a lot of product placement in his movies. Mm. And I have to think that KFC helped fund this movie. Interesting. Because the the Colonel Sanders references and the fact that he literally is wearing a Colonel Sanders outfit (laughs) and looks exactly (laughs) like Colonel Sanders. (laughs) That's that's one of my questions when I watch this time is like, is this guy supposed to be the literal Colonel Sanders? Because like... They only refer to him as such, and it's like not. There's no sense that they're just like joking because he looks like Colonel Sanders. Like <laughs> you're right. They're just referring I always, to him as Colonel Sanders as if he is that man. I always assumed that it was a joke, but other people refer to him as Colonel Sanders, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> the, first, the kicker. <laughs> the kicker does. Yeah. The first time he's referred to as Colonel Sanders is by Bobby Boucher. Who yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know where it's just like, no, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. Mom was right. (laughs) There's no indication. Like, we don't get before that, like, man, this guy's name is Colonel Sanders. Just like in casual conversation, just refers to him as as such. (laughs) And the guy, the the teacher is never like, you can't call me that. (laughs) You can't call me Dr. Johnson, whatever my name is. Right. Um, also, another classically uh, side character archetype for an Adam Sandler movie is the fact that this side character makes some good noises. Mm. Uh, in particular, when someone throws something out of a window. Yeah, Coach Klein. What does he throw again? A I think phone? it's just a baseball. He throws a baseball at the window. Either, yeah, a phone or a baseball. And it hits Colonel Sanders on the head. <laughs> Do you remember the sound that he makes? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's kind of like. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he just keels over. Yeah. The ball hits him on the side of the head and he falls the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. So like it hit him with such force that it moved his upper body. Yeah, it just topples over. <laughs> and then later we see him with a head wrap. Yeah. And that's that's the moment when it really clicked that he was the most classic, you know, Adam Sandler side character was the next time we see him. With a head wrap, he's in the front row at this, like, candlelight vigil to get Bobby Boucher to keep playing. 
And he's just got a big smile on his face and he's just cheering for Bobby Boucher. <laughs> like, despite the fact that Bobby Boucher tackled him. Yeah. And the next scene, he was like, he had a black eye and I think he might have <laughs> had like a cane or something. Like, he was extremely injured. Yeah. He still has <laughs> come around to be a massive fan of Bobby Boucher. Yes. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just, just prototypical Adam Sandler side character. Like this it is. sudden, complete, drastic change in character that is completely unprompted. Yeah. So <laughs> true. Completely different now. Like Chris Farley, when he's just suddenly like happy and best friends with Billy Madison. <laughs> Despite the fact that right. his first scene, he's like about to have a heart attack. He's so angry. I think Adam Sandler, <laughs> at least for a while, was writing his characters as just like ultimate heroes in how like his characters had flaws. And it's not that the character throughout the course of the movie like <laughs> rectified those cl- those causes. The, what did I say? Wait, his flaws. <laughs> God. Flaws. It's not like he ever fixed his flaws. He somehow like triumphantly overcame them or found a way to like work them into himself in like a healthy way. And yeah. in the process, turn everyone <laughs> in favor of him, except for the bad guy. Except for the bad guy. Yeah, it's kind of, it's what Freud would call sublimation. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you take the aggressive impulse and uh, you you translate, you kind of redirect it into something positive instead of being just this destructive force. Yeah. And instead of repressing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in and cl- I, yeah. classic Adam Sandler, despite the fact that his characters are not very likable often, he gives himself an attractive female counterpart yeah who just like kind of loves him inexplicably (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i guess often like a a strong familial connection like Mm -hmm. mama in this one and then his grandma and happy gilmore and his dad in billy madison like he's he's always kind of trying to to be this good family man despite the struggles amidst it (laughs) And you mentioned villains. That was one thing I was thinking about the water boy. And I think part of why it, it, it feels like it lacks a little in comparison to Billy Madison and happy Gilmore is mm-hmm. I think the villain is just a little weaker. Like You're red right. boy, you isn't really that good of a villain, but he is like the villain. Yeah. You're, you're right. That's a really good point. It's no shooter McGavin. No, no, that was, that was <laughs> a good villain. McGavin <laughs> really elevates happy Gilmore to new levels, yeah. especially his conflicts with Mr. Larson. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Although there's kind of like a sub villain in the water boy who I quite enjoy. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's the character whose name is Meanie. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you sound like a choo-choo train. <laughs> Bring it to the hole. Your ass is mine. Woo! Woo! He keeps making that 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 screaming sound even Woo! as the play is going on, which I love. Woo! Yeah, I, I was rewatching that before we did this episode. He's doing it as, as, he's, as running he's running the ball. the ball, and then Adam Sandler like lifts him up to do a pile driver on him. Yeah. And as he throws him down, I mean he does one final like high pitched <laughs> scream. <laughs> It's really subtle, but if you listen closely, it's like yeah. the second before he hits the ground, he's like, "Wow!" <laughs> no, Sean, is your... like... go ahead. I just like that this guy's name is Meanie. Yeah, very, very good. Now, were you thinking of anyone when you saw that his name is Meanie? Oh, of course. Good. Of course. Yeah. Who Colm. was? Colm. Yeah. Ooh, wee. <laughs> Colm Meanie. Colm Meanie, who, listener, if you aren't aware of him, he's... uh an actor whose name is actually Cole Meany. Yeah. Who is in Con Air with Cameron Poe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's an Irish actor, curly hair, round face. Uh, <laughs> round face. Mean temperament. Yes. Yeah. Hates In Con Air, he hates John Cusack inexplicably. Right. <laughs> Therefore, we hate him. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, after Bobby Boucher pile drives Meany, what does he say? Do you remember? He says, oh, he says, power bomb, compliments power of bomb. Captain Insano. Captain Insano shows no mercy. Uh, Captain Insano, I think, is a good character because <laughs> he's nice to Bobby and then laughs at Bobby when he finds out how old he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and yet we never see him again, but we, we know that he had 
that Bobby still respects him. I think because of that moment, he like, he's still, it's a compliments of Captain Insano. He sort of gives Captain Insano credit for having taught him what a power bomb is. Uh huh. <laughs> what an odd part of the story that they just sort of allude to the fact that Bobby is a fan of pro wrestling and they, yeah. they reference it once at the beginning. And then the second time after he power bombs him. Yeah. And, <laughs> And in the middle, when uh, Henry Winkler is like, do you watch any aggressive sport? Oh, yeah. He's like, wrestling. And he's like, do to Casey what Captain Insano does to the bad guy. Yeah. And then Bobby Boucher gives him the double eye poke. He poked me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you something, made a very funny sound. <laughs> so here's a, here's a trivia question. Um, I think you'll like this one, Sean. This one, is, I was, is this the one you were excited to ask? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just excited to... It's not a great trivia question. I think I'm just kind of excited at the wording of it. Okay. Um, there is something that Captain Sano does not show. What is it that he does not show? <laughs> he does not show? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm getting at? Like... <laughs> I, I'm like wondering if it's a if it's a reference to the Big Show. No, it's not. It's a. Okay. It's a, I, I'll I'll ask it how I actually wrote it, and it just goes. Captain Insano shows no. Oh what. Yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like a, a body part, like butthole. Which oh, yeah, physical yeah. body part is his like loincloth yeah. covering? Yeah, he does not flash his dick. <laughs> you don't. You don't get Insano dick. <laughs> So what was the phrasing of this question? It was Captain Insano shows no what? No mercy. Correct. Yeah. He <laughs> he shows no mercy. Mercy. But how how'd you first ask it? It was like what does Captain Insano show Not none show. of? Not show none show. of something like that. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> mercy. It's a good phrasing. Yeah. No mercy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's here's something I was thinking about um with Billy, God damn! <laughs> yeah, you could almost call all three of these Adam Sandler movies like the same name. <laughs> they, yeah, they're just the same movie in different iterations. They really are. Uh, so something that I found watching The Waterboy was, I, I feel like it does not hold up the way Billy Madison and uh, and Adam Sandler. <laughs> I can't believe it. What the? This is so hard to talk about. The way. Yeah. Madison and Happy Gilmore do. I think I think those movies pretty much hold up. But one reason in particular that I don't think, though, <laughs> this is so hard. I cannot get any of these names right. The Waterboy doesn't really hold up is just, I think, because of its, hear me out on this one, its cultural sensitivities that maybe they weren't really thinking about so much in 1998. But I feel like... Th- this movie has a lot of characters who seem to be displaying some obvious signs of mental illness that just become like the butt of a joke, you know, like, yeah, like pretty much the entire team. <laughs> yes. Um, the cheerleaders are drunks for one. Um, Kathy Bates mama is incredibly sheltered and a total, uh, kind of, liar what's the what's the word i'm thinking of um a chronic liar i mean she's the stuff yeah. she says is she's just psychotic she is psychotic um she's like pretty similar to the character she plays in misery yes she is she's like holding up this this person because she wants them around yeah you are so right about that uh and coach klein has has some problems for sure and mm-hmm. i mean i get it it's a comedy movie and but he he is the butt of a joke, the butt of many jokes, like when he had the breakdown. They even say that he had a mental breakdown and they just sort of mm-hmm. laugh it off as they show him with a phone that has cord cut from it. And uh-huh. he's wearing high heels and he's just, Talking I hate him, grandma. I hate him, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> no, grandma. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's a, a reference to Psycho. Ah, Interesting. Yeah, with little Norman Bates yeah. you know, dressing up as, as the mother. Yeah. Huh. Really interesting. I never thought yeah, about maybe, that. Maybe a subtle yeah. subtle psycho <laughs> reference. But no, you're right. Like, I think they use the word retard at least five times. Oh, yeah. And moron. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way that 
the uh, the quarterback, Guy Grinwally. Yeah, Guy. Kind of <laughs> Guy. <laughs> <laughs> the way he mocks Bobby Boucher is like, Durr! Yeah. <laughs> I got a water spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, moron. <laughs> I love every time he makes fun of Bobby Boucher, though. Like, yeah. Those are always a laugh for me. Yeah, I like that guy. And and from this movie yeah. on, that guy became a big-time Adam Sandler collaborator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Daddy mm-hmm. and um, Mr. Deeds, for sure. Yeah. Tons of movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like a classic Adam Sandler character in The Waterboy, he just undergoes a drastic change out of nowhere, yeah. but he just suddenly loves Bobby <laughs> Boucher, and Bobby Boucher and him become, like, best friends yeah, they at do. the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they make the big play together. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, another character, another good side character who then became an Adam Sandler collaborator is the the lineman. Uh, the, uh, the cross-eyed the guy. guy. <laughs> the cross-eyed guy. Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> did you just make a joke? <laughs> that guy's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that guy. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kind of reminds me of one of the characters from the show, Coach. Oh, yeah. really? Because he's big and tall and blondish. <laughs> there was a line that guy said in this, like toward the end of this movie that I never really picked up on as a kid, but I found it unbelievably hilarious yeah and (laughs) it's when you know bobby you find out that his transcripts have been forged and they kick him off the team or whatever for a day and everyone's pissed at him and the town hates him and rob schneider says to cut his fucking head off oh yeah he ends up you know coming back after mama has a drastic change of character which feels like (laughs) the only actual like earned character change you know like kathy bates plays it so well because she's such a fucking awesome actor (laughs) like this like an actual like powerful sympathetic moment when she's like finally coming around like why she's been so sheltering yeah and then bobby returns the team and everyone's so happy that he's come back <laughs> because everyone loves him at that point. So therefore, yeah. we as the audience are happy. <laughs> and that guy, <laughs> Guy Grinwally, says something like, "Like you're the heart and soul of this team, Bobby." And then the cross-eyed guy says, "And the only one of us who could have passed that test." In reference to the high school equivalency exam <laughs> that <laughs> Bobby Boucher had to pass in order to play in this game yeah and all of these guys are in college yeah. <laughs> on the yes. college football team and <laughs> that guy blatantly says none of them could pass a high school equivalency <laughs> exam <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah the movie definitely plays with some of the tropes of like people from the south especially like the deep south being being dumb yeah even meanie when he uh boldly struts through them as they're having that you know pep rally says looks like we took a wrong turn ended up in retardville usa yeah which is like i don't i don't know like past these days yeah like that that scene i always thought was like wow the arrogance of that team to just come in on a bus and then when vicky valancourt pulls out a knife red bow you to show how powerful of a character he is he orders the police to arrest her like Uh he's so powerful that he can even order the police. Yeah, who are just suddenly there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Vicky Valancourt's just like at the game a couple days later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got out of jail. Yeah, and when Bobby's taking the exam, she writes the note, you want me to kill them? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, another uh, character whose dumbness they make fun of is uh, Clint. Clint, yeah, definitely. I am not what you would call a handsome man. I yeah. I had forgotten actually that he was in this. Yeah, this is one of the few movies that Clint Howard is in that Ron Howard did not direct. <laughs> Someone just chose to put Clint Howard in this movie. Yeah. The good Lord chose not to bless me with with charm. Uh <laughs> athletic ability. I would love to know how that happened. Yeah. We need Clint and- Howard. Or a fully functional brain. Yeah, we need Clint. Clint would be perfect for this role. <laughs> he gets this monologue at the end. They give him like a time to oh shine. Oh my god! That... He gives him a speech to Bobby Boucher about why Bobby Boucher needs to play. Yeah, it's it's actually very heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with the line, "I am not what you would call a handsome man." <laughs> 
<laughs> I felt like that was just Clint being Clint. <laughs> I think that is that is one of my favorite lines in all Adam Sandler movies. Like I will every once in a while, I'd say a couple times a year, I'll just think of that line and I'll start laughing. <laughs> And then, then he goes on to explain all, like basically all the things he doesn't have, alluding to the fact that Bobby right. does have these. <laughs> he says the good Lord chose not to bless me with charm, athletic ability, or a fully functional brain. Oh yeah, <laughs> brain. <laughs> so once again, just like making a joke of a mentally handicapped man. Yeah, and then after that, he just basically starts weeping. He starts weeping and groping Vicky Valencourt. <laughs> He's like, and she's like trying to grab her breasts and she's like pushing his hand away. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. So in that, in that scene, I, I love the way you put it, Sean. Like you're right. Kathy Bates mama has, um, she has a character change and change and she wakes up the next morning and she sort of reveals to Bobby why she's the way she is and why she's always cared so much about him. And I have a couple of trivia questions real quick. Um, so related to this, well, let me just go back a sec. Um, I, as I was watching this movie, I thought to myself, hmm, this character of Bobby Boucher, he, he has a distinctive kind of set of uh, desires, but he doesn't seem to have any motivations for those desires. <laughs> like he just really wants to be a water boy. <laughs> just that's all he wants to do. Yeah. Um, no, no background to that. <laughs> yeah. And then they offered a little glimpse of maybe why. Do you remember why it had to do with his father? Oh, okay. Um, how his father worked at a lemonade stand. Even in the, in what Kathy Bates and what mama had told him, he had, he joined the Peace Corps. Do you remember Peace this part? Corps, so earlier right. in the movie, she's talking about how he joined the Peace Corps. And Bobby explains basically to that his dad was in the Sahara Desert. And he, ah. he died of, quote, the dehydration. <laughs> That's right. He died of the dehydration. And how Bobby wasn't there to give him water because he was just a little baby and mama's, in quote, mama's tummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So that's, that's motivation <laughs> yeah. for his entire existence. <laughs> yes. So for the past 18 years, he's been a water boy. Anyway, fast forward, mama has a transformation. We're in the hospital and she reveals that that is not what happened to Roboito. Roboito. <laughs> I love that. I love that they call him Roboito. He changed his name to Roboito. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Um, and, Roboito had fallen in love with a voodoo woman named what? Um, is it Phyllis? Yes. <laughs> a voodoo woman named Phyllis. A voodoo woman named Phyllis. Now, my trivia question is a follow-up to that. Um, well, I, I can't really phrase it now. I don't, I don't think in any way to like, that wouldn't give it away. Okay. But, the, the question was that the director of this movie makes a cameo as which character? Oh, God. I don't even know who directed this. Let me think for a second. It's a man named um, Frank Caracci, who also directed The Ridiculous Six. Ah, okay. <laughs> and The Wedding Singer. <laughs> okay, Frank Caracci. I, do, I don't know what he looks like, so let me just real quick think of characters that he could have. Oh, is he Roboito? He's Roboito. Ah. Roboito. Roboito. <laughs> Who Kathy Bates absolutely destroys. Yeah. We get a little, that's a nice like tie. That's a great little button at the end of the movie. Like, ah, we get it now. We see where Bobby got his ability to spear people from. It was just, <laughs> it's genetic. Kathy had it, but we just never yeah. saw her use it. His moments of just uninhibited rage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a quick trivia. What was the donkey's name? What's mama's donkey's name? Mm. Mm. Steve. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> i think that whole like uninhibited rage thing plays with like the actual idea of like sports visualization 
athletic visualization, you know, like uh, when you think of like a football team. Oh, I remember a particular coach at the school coach. I taught at who would have, yeah, coach, coach would get the, the guys together and do like a visualization before a big race and oh, have them, you know, like, you know, imagine like their best self or imagine them running the race that they wanted to run or whatever. And there's like some science and shit behind visualization yeah. actually working. So that's kind of what Bobby Boucher is doing. He's using like a, a visualization of something completely disconnected. Yeah. To, like anything going on on the field to produce extremely good football results. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love those. Um, I love the CGI sort of the heads changing. Yeah. Uh, Coach Klein realizes a good way to use it when he tells Bobby that water sucks. Right. Like Gatorade is better. <laughs> and then you get this row of Henry Winklers just singing yeah. about water sucking. I'm yeah. Here. Another good one is when um, Henry Winkler, when Coach Klein learns how to visualize, but how to do it in an unintimidating way. So when he visualizes <laughs> Red Bowyu as a baby <laughs> and then as a cocker spaniel. Yeah. And then even Bobby's friend, the kicker, does a visualization at one point. And that was something I never picked up on as a kid. Really? Because, the, yeah, uh, this is an well, African American yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he pictures the ball that he's about to kick as basically the severed head of a KKK. <laughs> yeah. And, and just kicks the shit out of it. I love it. They snap the ball, put it down, it becomes the KKK, like hooded white head. And he starts saying things like, something boy boy you know? <laughs> and then he kicks it and you just hear it screaming into the field goal <laughs> yeah that's a good moment that could hold up over time yeah for sure and you know it's just so funny too because they never explain that the whole team is now visualizing it's <laughs> <laughs> they're all using bobby boucher's yeah. technique <laughs> I do agree with what you said earlier, though, that this one just doesn't quite hold up the way that those other two do. Like, yeah, there's kind of long stretches where it just kind of feels like it drags or something. Yeah, it's just not as it's not as infused with that uninhibitedly like manic Adam Sandler energy. And I almost wonder if like this is the movie where he started trying to like appeal to a wider audience because mm. I remember my parents saw this movie in the theaters and like interesting with Henry Winkler, you know, as uh, they loved him as the Fonz. Yeah. So like, that was a big draw. And then Kathy Bates, you know, is this Academy Award winning actress, which is a big draw. Yeah. And so it, it's almost like it's Adam Sandler light in a way. Like it's still got that Adam Sandler energy, but it doesn't go all the way, the way that Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison do, where it just goes into massively heightened levels of absurdity, just basically for the sake of that absurdity. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then I guess the movie that followed this one was Big Daddy, right? Yeah, which is like so much more playing with like the family drama yeah. type of archetype. Yeah, it's the, that movie is like actually grounded in the sense that it's like all those characters could easily exist, like everything in that in that world is feels very real. Whereas like this, mm. uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's nothing's like physically impossible, but it's, right. it's not really going to actually happen. Like yeah. <laughs> Vicky Valancourt eating the head off that alligator. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that made the alligator look good. Actually. Like, yeah. Wanted, like deep pride. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one character that came to mind from uh big daddy that, I think is a phenomenal side character. Mm. I don't know if you can think of it. We already mentioned Rob Schneider, who's good yeah. in that movie. Like he's funny, but the Rob Schneider side character is almost like uh, its own archetype. Yeah, yeah. I'd, but like a unique one in in Big Daddy. Uh Buscemi. Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, he is a lot of fun. Buscemi, who's a, a homeless man who lives in this cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who just like inexplicably rolls around this corner like down this hill in central park that all these rollerbladers go down he's just cruising down in his cart yells that ha happy or billy yeah. or whatever the fuck his name is in that movie owes him a sausage mcmuffin and then just goes full speed into a pole that is so <laughs> you know so i recently heard something about about big daddy damn it let me let me try and get it right real quick um first of all just just a quick thought on the Buscemi character 
<laughs> I think this is a, this stands for all Adam Sandler side characters. How you meet them once and then they're just part of the gang, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think that's what his early movies had such great promise in is that's like, here's some crazy, wacky side characters. But you know what? Now they're just part of some ragtag group who are like <laughs> galvanizing effort behind this main character, you know, to the point where it's like, I mean, in, in Billy Madison, they're all singing a musical number together, you know? <laughs> every, every character comes together, including the like deceased clown. <laughs> yeah. It's like leading the charge now. Yeah. It had such this funny, like magical realism, like old fashioned yeah. Broadway musical, like feel to it, you know? That's such a great point. And like sometimes the side characters will then be friends, even though there's no indication yeah. that they've ever met or ever could have met. The only common link is that they both happen to have met Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. You get the scene where like Chris Farley, the bus driver, is eating students' lunches with Billy Madison's two best friends and just like laughing with them. Yeah. As if they're, they like really know each other well. They've never met. <laughs> Yeah. And they've never shared screen time. And there's no reason for his friends to even be there. <laughs> all they do is just get wasted by the pool all day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, presumably at least 50 miles out of town. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were not on this bus. Exactly. So they found a way to get there. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the. I think that's the brilliance of those early Adam Sandler movies is that he doesn't even try to give an explanation. It's like five seconds. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's fucking hilarious yeah. so true <laughs> so but something i heard about big daddy is apparently that movie was written more as like a drama actually interesting yeah, and, i could see that yeah and then i don't know at what point like adam sandler got involved in it or some of his, his writing team or something like that but they made it more of like a family dramedy and you know and then that's when like yeah they like you can you can see how you just take out some distinctively Adam Sandler elements, like take out Buscemi, take out the rollerblading scene, take out the old balls, the guy with the old balls, like, uh -huh. and, and, and then you, you kind of just got a kind of a feel good, feel good family drama, you know, that has like a happy yeah. ending. Um, That's true. So it, it's just interesting how that one has some of those Adam Sandler elements, but mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think Big Daddy's generally received as a, as a pretty good movie. Except by Roger Ebert. Oh, did he hate it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good time before this episode looking at Roger Ebert's history with Adam Sandler. And uh, man, he just loathed Adam Sandler. <laughs> like every single one of these movies, he'd give like one star to. And just absolutely destroy. Like he basically said, he didn't basically say, he literally said that Adam Sandler's presence is like nails on a chalkboard. Wow. Wow. In movies. Like he was ruthless and i think that i think that that's my favorite <laughs> moments of roger ebert is when i love movies and he just hates them and i find it like with other critics i might get pissed like oh you didn't get it but with ebert it just makes me laugh so much yeah like, it's, it's just so funny to me to think of roger ebert sitting in a movie theater and just hating adam sandler <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny for a while yeah. he felt that way about jim carrey he did not like jim carrey Right, right. And then, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, um, and then I forget. Like, I think I think actually the mask is what made him sort of start to turn around on Jim Carrey because oh, okay. he gave the mask good reviews. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then he loved the Truman Show. So that that makes me think of a, a trivia question right now: is mm. which which movie, which Adam Sandler movie, is the first one that Roger Ebert gave a positive review of? And by that, I mean three stars or more. Um, well, I'm going to guess. So my first guess is, is kind of like a qualified guess. I'm going to qualify it because one, I've never seen this movie. And two, I don't know if this would be considered really an Adam Sandler movie. He, well, yeah, just one where he's the star. One where he's the star. Um, yeah. I, then I, I would, I have two guesses in mind, but I'm going to guess on this one. Punch drunk love. Yeah. You got it, it is okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, which I've never seen that one, but I know that's considered a good movie. And at that point, yeah. people were like, "Hey, Adam Sandler, like many comedians, could have a career in some like good, well acted movies." Yeah, and then he decided not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> then he made Grown Ups. Made Grown Ups. Yeah. Wow. 
Because, I mean, Spanglish was also good. That was my second guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. think that was kind of more a dramatic flair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's Punch Drunk Love, which I would highly recommend you see. I love that movie. Really? And I love the backstory of that movie and, like, why that movie exists. Because Paul Thomas Anderson, who we've talked about, but I don't think we've done one of his movies before. No. Um, we need to, because he did like yeah. Boogie Nights, Magnolia, uh-huh. Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, like Inherent Vice, The Master, yeah. and now Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. He's just like, you know, fucking auteur mm-hmm. in so many ways. And the reason that he made Punch Drunk Love starring Adam Sandler is because when he made Magnolia, which is like a three hour, like emotionally <laughs> turbulent epic with like freaking 50 stars, um, it was so intense for him because it was so personally resonant with like things that he had gone through and just such a big ambitious project that when he needed to like chill out, he would watch Adam Sandler comedies. I have heard that. Yeah. He just like loved that character of like happy, like he loved happy Gilmore of just like the psychotic guy who's like kind of just on the fringes of like a socially acceptable person who like isn't quite locked up in either a jail or a <laughs> insane <laughs> asylum. And yeah. It it made it just he loved it so much and he needed something to come back from Magnolia that he decided he'd make an Adam Sandler comedy. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's brilliant. I love that story. Yeah, it's great. And Ebert loved it so much he said that it like changed the context of how he saw past Adam Sandler movies. Wow. And that he saw he now saw these characters as like trapped within like the framework of a like too strict of a plot or something like that and Hmm. yeah it just like completely transformed him and then anger management came out and he just ripped on it again (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that yeah that movie that movie did suck (laughs) yeah it didn't quite hold up no like there was a period of time like in the mid-2000s where man his movies were so flat that was one. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember watching that movie in the theaters and just being like, God, like not, not even your best attempt to make like a John Turturro hilarious comic relief is working in this movie. <laughs> John Turturro is probably the best part of that movie though. Still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything yeah. else that you're thinking about H2O boy? Well, the only thing that came to mind is, um, was he inspired to make this because of Forrest Gump? Mom was right. I thought about Forrest Gump a couple of times, but I don't know why. Like, I'm, just yeah. the simpleton that, like, this, saves the day. Yeah, kind of, basically. <laughs> like, you have a simpleton whose, like, mental capacity isn't fully explored. I mean, in, in Forrest Gump, you know, they they don't say it outright. They use kind of the language of the 50s. They just say he has a low IQ. Uh-huh. Um, turns out in Happy... Uh, fucking A, man. In Waterboy... <laughs> In Waterboy, fucking a man, <laughs> dude. In uh, <laughs> I was actually re- that was a different reference. Oh wow, fucking a man. Do you know what that one's? Uh, uh, I will from? once you tell me. Office space. Oh yeah, <laughs> the neighbor Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, we Turn should do that. nine, dude. Office space is so good. Yeah, yeah. we got to do that movie. That's like oh my god, yeah. highly relevant. Yeah, and that one's getting closer. I think that came out ninety nine. Yeah, I think so. Also close to 20 years. Yeah. Fucking yeah. everything that, uh, oh, my, Ju- Mike Judge. I, 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 I feel like everything Mike Judge does, like, really, really holds up. Yeah, it just turns to gold. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mike Judge is a massively underrated genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember where I was going with yeah, this. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I just remember that I was talking about heavy or Billy. What the fuck, man? Exactly. That's, that's where we, we trailed off. Yeah, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Yeah, that is where we trailed off. That good pin, good button on it. Um, Forrest Gump, Simpleton from the South talks about Mama. Um, oh yeah, that's why I thought about it. The Mama yeah, thing. Mama, and of course. That one actually has like football. (laughs) (laughs) Classic sports film Gump. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a, a girlfriend character who's, who's much more wild than he is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like, yeah, breaking out of his 
sheltered mm-hmm. confines. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I could just, I could just see Adam Sandler watching Forrest Gump and then being like, hey, hey, I'm going to make a, hey, hey, I'm going to make a movie about a dumb person. Like, <laughs> Not only did that sound exactly like that Adam Sandler voice, but you, your face even just looked like it. <laughs> so, well, you know, saying that, doing that impression made me realize that Bobby Boucher's voice throughout this movie is totally inconsistent. Sometimes he has he lisps every s. Sometimes he doesn't. It's it absolutely <laughs> inconsistent. It just I bet throughout filming he just like each day it just became less and less pronounced. And so like depending on what day they were filming what scene, because like you'd have one scene where he like is like full Bobby Boucher voice, and then another one where he's almost speaking normal. It was so inconsistent. That's true. Yeah, it's definitely inconsistent. His stutter even lessens like throughout yeah. the movie. Like. At the beginning, his stutter is so bad that, like, he just says, like, my mama said, my, my, my mama said, <laughs> over and over until the scene ends. <laughs> no indication that he's ever going to get out of that loop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's because he gets more confident. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely an artistic decision. <laughs> like, thought of while writing. Like, ah. Clearly. Yeah. Every stutter was written in the screenplay. <laughs> Just one final aside about Gump mm-hmm. while we were talking about it. In that episode we did about Gump, our kind of thread through the movie was like, what genre is this? And we yeah. pointed to, I think, at least five different genres that it could be. <laughs> like a sports film, a romantic mm-hmm. comedy, a yeah. war film. <laughs> and one that we forgot that a friend Ooh. texted, my friend Bobby, actually. Boucher. <laughs> yeah, Boucher. Uh, was that uh, he can't he couldn't stop thinking about it as a superhero film? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was spot on. Yeah, I would love it if Marvel bought the rights to the Forrest Gump books. <laughs> oh my god, that is <laughs> Gump, the first American. <laughs> Oh, I would love that. I would absolutely die. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, H2O boy just gave us an hour snob. Yeah. Yeah. I don't th- yeah. I don't think we even talked about the plot. I <laughs> know <laughs> we definitely did not at all. But it's then pretty it, minimal. It is just a football team wants to win. Like yeah, nothing's a really. Football team is bad <laughs> and becomes good because this psychotic, sheltered little boy mm-hmm. unleashes his rage in constructive ways. Yeah, just like uh, just like Coach Boone told his players to do. Ah, football is about harnessing that aggression mm. into a team effort to achieve perfection. Ah, yeah, I think Yosh agrees. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah, that's a H2O boy. H2O boy, yeah. So if you're if anyone is still listening to this, which I'm sure they're not. Yeah. Um the reason we chose to do H H2O boy is we were actually thinking of of doing a a heavy schnob. Mm-hmm. Think about doing a little bowling for Columbine and talking about some socially relevant issues, but just ultimately deduce that yeah, we can do that down the line, but at this point I don't know if we need more people just like throwing the same ideas around. Yeah. And so Matt came up with a good idea to just do classic snob on a yeah. stupid Adam Sandler movie because sometimes it's good to just laugh about stupid shit. Yeah. I think Paul Thomas Anderson gets that. I think he does. Yeah. And therefore, it's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for snobbing with us, mm-hmm. whoever is not listening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, just stay hydrated for sure. <laughs> stay you know, hydrated. Yeah. You should drink more water than than we're generally told we should drink and mm-hmm. so Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks for joining. Absolutely. Have a good well hydrated day. Yeah. Uh, bye-bye. Fairly well. I am not what you would call a handsome man.
on the vehicle. Quite a bit wrong with you. Let's make myself one bother with you, die you. 